Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. New episodes of all your favorite shows in the coming week. So follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us on iTunes. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, went camping this past weekend and learned that life is a lot better without Twitter. Yeah, a, a, a thousand percent. Like you just, you don't realize how terrible every single time you click that little blue bird is until you don't do it for like 24 hours. I see Colin is making notes down below me in the Zoom chat. Don't say anything until you're introduced. Um, but, uh, it is, it is, yeah, it was great. Especially once we like found out, I was like ready for, you know, like, I'll be like, Oh, I'll check my phone like every couple of hours. And I got out there and it's like zero bars. And I was like, well, got used to this real quick and, uh, broke up in the whiskey early in the day. Why not? No, I'm not driving anywhere. And, uh, what a fantastic trip it was. <laughs> were there any major happenings while you were camping? Cause usually when you go out of the country, something major mm. happens. But if you were camping and you had no cell service, I'm kind of looking at that the same. Yeah. No, out, anything out, major? out of the country means big major happenings. Out in the country means <laughs> just regular nothing. Because it was, oh, I mean, it was July 3rd and then into July 4th. So I guess a bunch of like the, corona, the COVID-19 stuff came out about how the team was going to, how the league is going to test players. But that wasn't that important. I mean, it's incredibly important, but uh, it wasn't like I wasn't breaking any sort of news. Marty Herney didn't uh, get fired over the weekend. Well, thank you for staying in the country and uh, preserving all major news. I, I'm not afraid to tell you that I wish a thousand times that I could break some news while I was outside the country because I'd love to get out of the country. It'd be nice to travel, nice to get on a plane, nice to get out there and do some vacation, sleep in a hotel. Maybe walk, my, maybe dip my toesies in the ocean. <laughs> nope, it's tents or my own stupid bed. The only two places I'm going, or the grocery store. And now I got to boycott the grocery store because they're not making people wear masks. You know, it's like it's a whole thing. Sorry, I'm getting off on a getting off on an early Colin rant here. I'm good. <laughs> introduce other people. Okay, well, since you brought up Colin, let's bring in Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report. It is trying his best to survive two small kids at his house and praying the schools open again in the fall. Fingers crossed for you, my friend. Please, please. Like, because the thing is, he's not going to get smarter just hanging around me. Like, that's <laughs> the problem. Like, I need some help in this matter. Like, I'm starting to see the lack of growth. You know, like, it's a, he's a coach. He needs a new coach. He needs someone else inspiring him right now. Um, but th things are good. I, I couldn't help but laugh that I've been saying that, you know, life's better without Twitter. But then Josh rolled it just a little bit further and acknowledged that faced with the the idea of being with his own thoughts that he turned to whiskey by noon so you know it's a little a little up a little down a little it up was, a little down i was in the pms so it's like <laughs> it's fine it's you know the, the the clock is different when you're out in the woods you know it's like i was working on a sundial for the most part so it's like it's hard to read i don't know it's basically five o'clock look i had a three o'clock corona today so there's no judgment coming from here tgiw right do your thing just be you, baby. Let's bring our guest on. On the one-day contract this week, Sheena Quick, 
beat writer for the Panthers for 1340 AM Fox Sports Radio, covers every sport in Charlotte you can imagine, <laughs> while also planning dope birthday bashes for her kids. That is multitasking right there. Yeah, I'm really, really big on birthdays. You know, um, I, I know it's cliche, but time goes by so fast. I, I always like to be able to just pinpoint different birthday parties and, you know, these special moments in my kids' lives. I have a second teenager now, so I'm like, I mean, although Aiden is the baby baby and he's four, Drew turned 13 and for the longest he was the baby. Like, Trey's always been Mr. Independent. He doesn't fool with us. He's 14. He has his own his own thing. He comes out to eat and shower. And that's about it. That's so I, hanging out in his room. <laughs> I, I have, as, as we addressed, I have two small children. How do, you, how do you make birthday special while fighting the notion that you just have to keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Because that's the trap that I see. It's like you have elephants by the time they're eight. Like, there's, you're not going anywhere else. Well, I wouldn't say bigger, so to speak, because like, you know, as they get older, their interests change. Um, I'm a big Disney buff. So as soon as my child, my first son was born, I was like, oh, that's his birthday at Disney. But his dad was like, Sheena, he's not going to remember it. So the compromise we came to was the fifth birthdays would always be at Disney World. Trey is on April 12th. So we took him to Disney for his birthday. It was amazing. It was, it was everything. And um, they're only 15 months apart. So the very next year we were there again and Drew is a July 4th baby. When I say the difference in temperature, I was like, yeah, so <laughs> come for your birthday anymore. Like enjoy this. I am sweating puddles walking around this park, but just seeing the joy on their faces and things like that is just like, oh. so since then, you know, they have a, a gaming phase they go through. We would do the game truck outside or um, this the game truck. Thing. What's the game truck? Oh, you've never heard of the game truck? No. Like, what do you mean? It's just a phase. I'm, I'm, well, they have gaming phases. Like they have Googling as we speak. Yes. Right now they're always on the game, but like they'll go months and months where they don't even touch it. But being stuck in the house, obviously they pick it up more. But um, this was during, I want to say like the Skylanders craze. Do you remember the Skylanders? I missed that one. No, I do not know the Skylanders craze. Let's just say I, they did. They had the game. They had the Xbox game, but there's also an app. The app is free on iTunes. It's free. They have an in-app purchase for $250. And of course my kid bought it. Good Lord. <laughs> so Apple like, hey, can you give me my money back? Like, why is there something? When I first thought, I was like, this is insane. Like, there's nothing in the app store that's $249.99. But sure enough, you go into the Skylanders app and I'm like, why is this even a possibility? <laughs> like, kids oh. are just like, bloop. <laughs> but, I, you know, I got refunded and, um, of course, put some parental controls on it, but to answer your question, the game truck, there's this huge trailer, kind of like the Monday night football trailers that we see at the, sta at the stadium. Mm -hmm. But um, they have these huge big screens inside where the kids can play PS4, Xbox, or whatever. And there's like this whole like cushiony seat that, that just rounds the other side. But there's also a screen outside the trailer. So you're doing like the dance games, the Dance Dance Revolution, or the, you know, Michael Jackson game or anything like that. You know, you can do that outside and in the yard and stuff like that. So we've done those. Uh, this past weekend, we did like the slide. I wanted to get the 22-foot slide. But I knew that we were going to have like some little kids. So I wanted, I wanted the party outside of my house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, of course. Outside is the best kind of party. Um, my, uh, 
just maybe for next year for my birthday, I'm interested in that game truck. So maybe just mark that down. Maybe take some notes. I don't know if we can set that up right out here. But it is awesome. It is awesome. Their dad was like, Oh, so we rented you rented for four hours? He was like, Can they give us four more hours? I was like, Why are you in the truck? So you know, it ended up being like an all day thing, but the kids love it. They they love it. Sheena, I want to talk to, just for a second, and we're going to talk about the Panthers, I'm sure. There's a, a bunch of stuff to talk about with the season and, and everything. Um, and we'll have plenty of time over the next three months to talk about it. Um, right. But uh, I, I want to talk about the um, the panel that you did last week. The Roaring Riot presents the conversation about um, about race and sports and fandom that you yeah. did with, uh, with JJ and Bobby and Tiffany and, um, and Rob. And, uh, and just, if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling people about it and, and what it was like, what that was like. I mean, I thought it was really awesome. And there were some topics that definitely needed to be discussed. Um, you know, we talked about race in, in the job field, you know, in, at work and in the workplace. We talked about race as it pertains to like the games, the game experience, the tailgates and things like that. I learned a lot because I've never been to an NFL tailgate. I've been to a Roaring Riot, you know, night before party, but I haven't been to any of the tailgates. So it was just interesting to hear um, about the different perspectives and things like that, that I never would necessarily consider or even think about, because I've always seen the riot members as, I'm not going to be cliche and say I don't see color, but it's always been very diverse from where I stood. You know, everyone gets along, you know, so to find out that there were, you know, issues with race, not necessarily within you know, the right, the Roaring Riot group, but just like, you know, in the bathroom or just getting to the stadium or in the concourse. So that was really interesting. Um, we talked about not only being black, but being a black woman in what's predominantly, you know, a white male industry. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about that um, and some of the, the nuances, some of the challenges and also some of the rewards. So it was just a really refreshing conversation and dialogue about um about a topic that's really really prevalent especially right now with the yeah. climate of the country being being what it is you know so i, I really appreciated being brought in on that that was it, it was a great conversation a great conversation yeah i know i i really learned a lot um just listening to y'all and and just kind of you know sitting back and hearing what you had to say because it's a it is an important conversation that i think is uh i'm glad that that you were a part of it specifically because i think that um there, there are not a lot of black female voices in media today. Um, yeah. I think the number's growing, but it is, it's very underrepresented. I saw a tweet. That's always, always a good sentence when you started with, I saw a tweet. Yeah. But, um, I, I saw that was basically like it showed, it had the percentage of, um, of athletes who were black versus the percentage of media that was black. And it's just a, I mean, it's, Staggering. Yeah, it is. Staggering is exactly the right word for it. Yeah. That it's that just so underrepresented, um, and it's and it's frustrating. And I'm I'm hopeful that it that it can change. And I understand sometimes how silly that can sound coming from an almost forty year old white dude. But um, you're almost forty, Josh. That's right. Don't let the mustache fool you. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm moisturized, so I look very young. Um, but it's uh, but I, I hope to. Uh, I, I, Obviously, I hope that, you know, our whole country gets better, but I hope that's something that changes along with it. Um, And now that'll, yeah. I love it because 
conversations need to happen and that's where it starts uh, panels and forums and having those conversations and they're not always comfortable conversations and they're not supposed to be comfortable conversations so kudos to uh, you Josh and the riot for for starting that um before oh wait! Before we, we move, before we move on, uh, you can find that conversation on both on the Roaring Rides Facebook page and YouTube page, and I would encourage you to go and check it out. Um, it, it's it's really worth your time to uh, to to listen and, and see what see what everybody had to say. I was actually going to ask if there was a link for that, and I was uh, almost forgot. And I so cut you off. You. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. I had it on my. I wrote a note to ask you that, and then I was going to move on and forget. So it's like you knew. I was going to forget. <laughs> we'll so, just swear like uh, this, even via you know. Zoom. Can't get in the studio, but I, I got you. <laughs> um, before we jump right into training camp, just real quick, I want to hear your thoughts on this contract in Kansas City. Uh, huh. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's your big one. Uh, it's your big boy. I mean, so maybe I'm just a negative person, but – do you think that there would be anybody that would have been upset if the Panthers had signed Cam Newton to a 10-year, $500 million contract after 2015? Could you even I'm, imagine? I'm legitimately <laughs> asking you. And four years later, he was released and unsigned for three years, three months, three years. Sorry. Like, felt, like felt like three years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to happen to Pat Mahomes by any means. He's obviously younger than Cam Newton was in 2015, and he kind of hit those plateaus earlier in his career. But at the same time, like, the NFL changes so fast. And yeah. that's just, it's just a lot to tie yourself to. But that being said, it's one of those situations where the guy was MVP and Super Bowl MVP in his second year starting, and, and like that, you lock those guys up. And then if they blow out their shoulder, then they blow out their shoulder. Like, it is what it is, you know? I'm surprised it was so long. Mm -hmm. You know, that I was like 10 years, a decade? That's like a lifetime in the NFL, plus mm -hmm. two. <laughs> yeah. I got when, – when I first saw it, I was like, can they even sign them to Look, a 10-year – I was like, is there a max, like in the NBA? I was like, is there a seven-year max? Right. I didn't even want to, like, tweet about it because I was like, okay, maybe this is a typo. Is this, like, the longest contract extension ever? Like, this it, – it was – it was shocking. I mean, of course, we expected them to extend them, of course, but I don't think anybody thought it would be a decade. Yeah, I guess it's all two years on the rookie contract. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess it's only it's really like a four year, 140 something year contract guaranteed, which is still an insane amount. Um, and then everybody's like, well, it's really only 430 million. And then all your guarantee, whatever. It's a That's lot of money. Only? Right, yeah. right. It's a lot of money and good, good for Mahomes. I mean, I, good for Mahomes obviously but like this is it's kind of like he wasn't he wasn't the number one overall pick like the fact that people other people had a chance at him I love the I saw a headline today in like the most clickbaity of ways that was like Patrick Mahomes contract reminds the Panthers that they didn't sign didn't draft him and it's like were the Panthers in the market for drafting a quarterback in right. two, what I mean, the biggest thing is that <laughs> the Bears traded up the whiskey. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like, I honestly think that that was like the biggest finesse ever by George Lynch. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because they weren't going to take a quarterback at number two anyway. So he would have still been there when Chicago was on the clock. I mean, I'm like 98% sure. I mean, that's, that's just good GMing right there. Yeah, it is. Finesse. Yeah. Do we have a <laughs> – what, Sheena, what are your thoughts on the GM situation in Carolina? 
Boom, on the spot, early. Let's do it. Panther talk. Let's say that, let's just say that someone in the front office was not too happy with having to separate from Cam Newton and um, namely, um, gosh, what's the name escaping me right now? It's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. Thomas Davis. Mm. There's someone in the front office that was very, very, very close to them. And the departures of those two and the way that it, it happened, this particular person was not too thrilled. With yeah. This particular person. Mm, okay. Yeah. This particular person. Okay. Don't put any names out there. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, I, I feel like if we're being honest, uh, I think I've said this before. I think Marty Herney is a fine GM. I think he's right. like middle of the pack. I think it's like he, he makes mistakes, but most GMs do. He, he has good moves. Most GMs do. And sometimes he hits big by drafting, by deciding to draft Cam Newton instead of Blaine Gabbert. And sometimes he misses big by, you know, deciding to, uh, I don't know, trade up for Armonte Edwards. So, or depending on how you feel about last season, Greg Little. So it's like, I, I think that he is a guy that, you know, I, but here's what I will say, and I have said it before, and I'll say it again. When you clear out the entire room and you leave Marty Herney as the cheese standing alone, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It it's was weird. very, very weird. But do you remember that meeting that it was so eerie, that nighttime meeting at the stadium mm -hmm. with David Tepper? And yes. he kept calling Marty a fine or judge or recruiter of college talent. Mm -hmm. And it depends on how you look at this past draft. Very defense heavy. Um, I mean, they pretty much cleared out the defense, the defense, not necessarily cleared out, but they lost some people to free agency, of course, and, and mm -hmm. you know, decided to part ways with others. I think this might be Marty's make it or break it season. Yeah, probably. I mean, the reality is, is that, and do you think that, oh, I guess this is a, a good way to transition into the real season is like, do you think that he gets a pass on this season because there was no off season basically. Cause there's no OTAs, no mini camp training camps going to be going to be truncated. We all know that like everybody knows that the team could literally go. zero and 16 and Matt rule and Joe Brady and Phil snow are going to be back like that. That yeah. is going to happen. That's definitely going to happen, especially since it's kind of being to being, you know, phrased as a rebuild. Yeah. When it comes to Marty, you know, there is an asterisk because this wasn't a normal off season. He wasn't able to get out. Like a lot of kids didn't even have their pro days. Mm -hmm. A lot of the draft, you know, the draftees didn't even have their pro days. But in addition to that, he also was given, I think, a, a slight pass the last two seasons because your starting quarterback was hurt. Yep. So I think that this year is going to be the make it or break it season. The reason I say that is because you don't have the question mark at quarterback that you have had the past two seasons with Cam's health. I yeah. think a lot of people kind of got, you know, they, they got more time just based off of that harsh reality. I mean, the quarterback is the, one of the most, the most important position. I'm not going to say one of, is the most important position on the field and the Panthers were without their starter for, for basically a season and a half, but when, when we're talking to a healthy Cam Newton, we might as well say two full seasons. Mm -hmm. And so with Teddy B there, healthy, um, Robbie Anderson, you know, the other players that were brought in over the, you know, COVID-19 related off season, I think that when you take all of that into consideration, this might be Marty's make it or break it season. Because it's yeah. like, okay, if they go out there and just stink up, the, just stink it up on offense, 
you brought in Teddy Bridgewater. You did, you had a healthy quarterback. Yeah, so and that's, that's going to be important for him. And that's got to be, you know, I know Joe Brady was pounding the table for Teddy, and and I'm sure Matt Rule obviously had to sign off on any of that. But ultimately, it, it's these player personnel moves. They come down to the GM and not to the not to the head coach. Matt right. Rule is not going to get blamed for the Teddy Bridgewater signing if he stinks. Now, I don't personally. I don't think he's going to stink. I think he's going to be an average quarterback that's going to lead them to seven and nine, which is going to put them in the middle of the draft, which is not going to be great. But um, I, I think that that you're absolutely right. That like if he comes in and he throws for forty five hundred yards and they go twelve and four, then Marty's going to look like. He's going to look excellent. He's going to look yeah. great. Especially if, sure. if Cam's shoulder wears down over the course of the season. Yeah. So how, so you mentioned Cam, do you think that Marty's future is not only how well Bridgewater, you know, acclimates and how, how well the Panthers perform, but also how well Cam Newton performs? I don't know. To me, it's like, I think that they had already made that decision earlier in the year and they were they kind did. of, winning. When they were you, I mean, you know, like when they were when they were moving when they were moving on from Ron Rivera, and they're going to bring in a new coach. They're almost certainly going to move on from Cam. And then there was like a moment where it was going to be Cam again, and then they they decided to move on. But it's like, but I, that's to, the moment the moment that it was going to be Cam again. I think all of us were arriving in Indy mm-hmm. for the combine when we got that news. But it wasn't from the front office. It was a source, or you know, they never outright said look, Cam is our guy until we got in, got to Indy. And I feel like – I still feel this way when Matt Rule said, oh, he's going to be on the roster in September. I didn't believe it then either. Sure. Because then he, he kept kind of walking back to it like, well, I can't say for sure who's going to start, and that's just not for Cam. You know, we got so many quotes that were followed up with, but that's for the whole team. But that's how I feel about everybody. But nobody's a starter. But nobody's guaranteed. But it was – to me, I felt like they danced around it. They knew that they were going to release him. But I think they held on too late in, in the trade game. Like, the later it got, the more teams were like, well, what's the point in trading if, you, if we know you're going to release him anyway? Sure, yeah. I mean, they were, they were trying to trade him for eight months before that. I don't, I don't think they were – was, right. he wasn't getting traded. They, they knew that he was not getting traded. And so it's like, I, yeah, we're, we're, we've talked about Cam so much, and I'm sure we're going to yeah. talk about him later on. He's on the agenda. But um, it's, it's just – yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think that Marty's Marty's success is is almost certainly tied to Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't necessarily think that it's tied to Cam as much. I think that to me, it's like Cam Cam is going to do what Cam's going to do, and you know, David Tepper signed off on Cam being released. Sure. He was not like, hey, uh, I don't think Marty and and David Tepper got into some sort of fight in his office about For sure. it. Like they, they, they made that decision together. So that, that in my opinion, I don't think is, is, is as important. Right. You briefly said the T word of training camp. Let's look at this timeline. Do you guys think that training camp starts on time? Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin's on mute right now, but I would imagine he would agree with us that, um, no, I can't. I can't possibly say how it starts on time. Um, but twenty days out, we're supposed to be like what? 20, yeah, twenty days from twenty days from everybody, and thirteen days from rookies. Like, come on, that's crazy. The 
North Carolina is not allowing more than groups of 25 to gather together. Right. So how is this going to happen? <laughs> so how are you going to bring in a 90-man roster to practice against one another? And if you're going to bring in fewer people, which is what uh, I've read some reports of the NFL is only thinking maybe they'll bring 75 or 80 people, that seems like the opposite of what should be happening. Bring like, you have to have people. more people prepared in the event that someone tests positive. There's so many unknowns. And to be honest with you, we still really don't. There's so much that's unknown around the virus itself. You know, at one point in time, they were telling us that six feet was enough. Six feet was enough. Then it was 13. Then it was it can be spread this way or can, can be spread that way or can you travel on shoes. There's so many unknowns still about the disease itself. And um, just our state's inability to, to doggone do the right thing so that we can go back outside. You know, it was like one Saturday, everybody woke up and decided that coronavirus didn't exist. And you see people out on the lake and they're having parties. And I'm like, did I miss something? <laughs> it's I miss so that? nice outside, though, Sheena. It's so oh nice. God, it. It, was, it was insane. I was looking through Twitter like, did I miss something? Or are we not still in phase two? What's going on? You know, so nevertheless, we've continued to quarantine here at my house. <laughs> I don't know if the microphone picked up my deep sigh that I just threw out there right there. Probably. But, um, it, it, uh, no, it's no. You're absolutely right. Like I, I think that it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to do it right now. It makes all the sense in the world. So like, so the NFL had this huge head start head start over everybody else, right? So in March, everybody was like, "Well, you don't have to do anything with the with the draft or with free agency. You can just start it, and it'll be fine." Like they're they're out in front of all this stuff. And as we've gotten closer and closer and closer, the um, the 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 head start has faded away like we're now two weeks away so there is no there is no longer like a well we can just wait and see until they decide to push things back and they did the same thing that the nba did and the same thing that baseball tried to do which is they made all these plans without talking to the players about it and now the players are like oh yeah no we're no we don't want to do that we're not going to do that so right you say two preseason games and we say no preseason games. And right. then they have to talk about that. And then they say, well, we say we say more training camp, but less padded practice. And you say, give us two fan events in the stadium, which seems like the most asinine backwards thing. It is. That, that that's what the NFL is, come, is shooting back with. So it's like, I, I just don't understand how we think that in 13, less than two weeks, you're going to get all the rookies out there. You're going to get – Etor Grossmatos lining up against Sam Tecklenburg in a one-on-one -on -one drill. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, like we, like we were kind of chatting about before the pod started, like, all eyes are on the NBA and mm -hmm. how this is going to work. So it should be interesting. When, when is the NBA set to tip off? I mean, July, I know all been July 30th. So it's like the right. – it's, it's all in three days. It's like training camp is supposed to start 28th baseball is supposed to start the 30th and then the NBA is supposed to start the 31st. The first thing that was supposed to start was the MLS tournament, which is supposed to start tonight. And two teams have already been eliminated because they can't play because of coronavirus. And I think a lot of people are like, well, it's the MLS, who cares? But that <laughs> is still a professional sports league. If that was the Bucks right. in the NBA, or if yeah. that was like the Steelers are just like, you know what? We can't do it. We're not coming to camp. Like it would be a huge deal. But in the in MLS, they're like, yeah, Nashville is not going to compete. And it's like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. We'll just move on without Nashville. And it's like, what? Right. This is weird. Yeah. It's, you, uh, have, it's, you have like, how many Nets players have tested positive? 
A million? All of them? Spencer Dr. Dinwiddie? Dr. J. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> Dr. J did. Uh, I'm trying to think of other famous. Carrie Kittles. Kevin Durant did, but that was, of course, months ago. Yeah. Keith Van Horn definitely did. 100%. The the thing is, we're dealing with these guys that are used to being in control, and they just can't accept that they're not in control. And it's like they're going like all of them starting at the same time. It's like this herd immunity thing. Like if we all start, they can't use all their slings and arrows against us as we just plow ahead and pretend that everything's normal. Right. I, mean, I do think there's a distinction to be made between amateur athletes and and pro athletes because. On one hand, like if you're an amateur, I just think it's absurd that we're even talking about it, where we are. Um, if you're a professional, if you're, you're a 24-year-old young man, you want to go out there and you haven't made your money, hey, I mean, it's America, go do it. But this, this insistence that everything is going to be the same, I think is really problematic for, for a lot of these sports because the, the NBA, you talked about it, like this is for last year. Like their season's supposed to be starting in a couple months, and this is for last year. And we're gonna we're gonna have people falling by the wayside, hopefully just being knocked out of the tournament um, or knocked out of the bubble, and not yes. anything worse. But you're gonna try and tell us like, and here it is, this magnificent NBA Finals moment. That's probably not. That's probably not what we're getting out of this. And yeah. I just think that everybody needs to relax, realize we're not in control, and. Sorry, that means everybody doesn't get to make as much money right now. But if right. for the safety of everybody, that's the answer, right? Like anything else is just being selfish. Right. And I'm not saying that I don't think that – here's the thing. I am not saying on this podcast making my feelings known that I don't think there's going to be an NFL season. I don't – I would – I feel negatively that that is – I'm pessimistic. But at the same time, the NFL is a huge train. And they are going to try everything in their power to get out there and play for the billions and billions of dollars that are at stake. And not only that, the NFLPA, as much as the NFL and the NFLPA are, are butting heads right now over uh, specific issues, the NFLPA wants to play too. Because just because Patrick Mahomes just signed a check, just got a check for $25 million, the undrafted free agent linebackers from last year, Jordan Kunashik, he wants to play. You can bet that he wants to play. You can bet that the sixth round, that Bravion Roy wants to play. That all the guys that, that might have, like that don't have hundreds, that may not even have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. They, don't have, they certainly don't have a million dollars in the bank and they need money right now to survive. They can't go a year without a con, they can't go a year without income. So they want to play. And the league is made up of more of those kind of players than it is of the players that can afford to take the year off. Right. In the league, the leagues this big, as big as they are, they're battleships. They don't, they're not, they can't turn quickly. It, it takes time. And there's people that are just trying to do their job and, and make the next thing happen because that's what their job is. And so it can seem like they're aggressively pushing in a way where, they have people that need to make contingencies. That is what they're – if they have a job right now, that's what they've got to do, but it gets perceived as wanting to push for it. But I think we have to be careful that it, that it, this is not interpreted where if all of a sudden we have a weekend and we have sports, oh, everything's normal again. We have to be very careful of that message if you're going to have baseball and basketball and, and football all of a sudden playing and being like, okay, we're doing this because everything's normal, but just remember everything's not normal. That's going to be a, that's going to be a tough message. It's not going to be received well across America, I don't think. I mean, we're not receiving that message very well across America 
without sports. So I, I, I feel like, I feel like, unfortunately, we're going to be we're going to get into a situation that's going to be like a direct replay of March, where um, where nobody, everybody's kind of like they understand coronavirus is happening, but they're maybe not taking it as seriously as they should or they have in the past. Or they and what's going to happen is like sometime in the next two weeks, somebody really famous is going to get diagnosed with COVID nineteen. That's going to kind of bring it home for everybody, and then the NBA is going to for, get a bunch of positive tests, and they're going to end up canceling their season. And that's exactly like what happened in March. And that I think is exactly what's going to happen here at the end of this month. And then who the hell knows what's going to happen after that. But um, like you're waiting for that, that Tom Hanks yeah. moment to happen where everyone's like, Tom Hanks has it. But that's the thing. Even when Tom Hanks announced it, people were kind of like, oh. Does he? Is it real? Was well, it was, but he was that, that night, right? He was Gobert night, March yeah, 11th. He was the so same. He was, yeah, it was the fact that two guys that okay. indisputably existed, mm-hmm. like everyone knew either Rudy Gobert or Tom Hanks in America. Right, right. It is There's true. A crossover. You, you get a lot of people that say they don't even know anybody that has coronavirus. And, and I saw somebody uh, reply to something terrible on Facebook that said, like, I want, it won't hit home for me or I won't really think it's real until I know somebody personally that has it, which is an insane thing to say. But That's the old Mitch Hedberg joke, isn't it? Hey, do you know anybody with COVID? No? Cool, because you know me. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Pete argued that by saying, I don't know anybody in Montana either, but I'm pretty sure Montana is still a state. It's a good point. I actually am not 100% sure that Montana is a state. So... <laughs> I don't well, know I anybody a, out there. I have an aunt to um to catch it, and she actually recovered. Yeah, I, my sister in law had it, and she was in the emergency room, and she she recovered. But also, like, that's the other the, the other thing, and I I just want to preface this, and I feel like you always have to preface it whenever you say anything about this. I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't I don't know. Nikki, are you a doctor? You weren't introduced um, to such. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not introduce anyone as a doctor. Though if you check my iTunes account, it does say Dr. Nikki Wolf because it let me pick whatever oh. prefixes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did have an AIM username that was a Dr. Feelgood at some point, and that was <laughs> a complete lie. <laughs> Makes you feel all right. Uh, Dr. Quick would be a – that's a good name. I, I'm just Listen, saying. I am so mad that I gave my maiden name up in marriage. Mm-hmm. I should have just stayed quick. I don't like want my wife to hear this conversation. Like coolest last name. <laughs> People will often be like, "Is that really your, like? Is that your your stage or your industry name?" Like, no, that's like my birth name. <laughs> yeah, should take it. Made your husband take that name. That's what. That, yeah. When you have a last well, name like that, he thought about that because he was like, "You know what? That would look really good on the back of a jersey." I said, "You know what? Let's let's not." Let's not and say we did. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm so I'm not a doctor. Nobody here. We've established nobody here is a doctor. But at the same time, um, it just like I completely lost my train of thought on that on that doctor conversation. Damn it! I had a good such a good point, and I tried to catch it back. I tried to start my side. Tried to do the old Josh trick of starting a sentence and and bringing it back around. But ultimately, you can't have 53 guys on this on the field spitting and breathing on each other. Like that just, I don't understand how offensive and defensive linemen are going to line up against each other. Yeah. 
I, I really think what we needed in this situation was to, to let a little air out of the out of the tires. And unfortunately, you know, people have looked at Roger Goodell like he's a leader, Adam Silver like they're like he's a leader. And I think this push shows push come to shove. These guys are just middle managers. I, I don't see either one of them as being these influencers that are making big moves to help the league get through this period of time. Because what would what I think would be best for either league is to reduce the stress don't try and say hey we're gonna have an nba finals say we're gonna try and put on the best fun entertaining tournament that we can right now with guys that want to play and got some of the guys want to stay home with their family and some guys don't you know everybody's got their own situation so we're gonna try and do the best that we can but but to try and use the nba finals or a super bowl or something like that to, to lord over people to increase that pressure for them to play it's not a coincidence that you see all of these guys that are millionaires and and yet they 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 come out with they say, they say they're not going to play in the bubble, but they all need an additional reason. It can't just be look, this is kind of crazy right now, and I don't want to put myself out there, so I'm just going to sit back because I've actually got a little bit of money in the bank, and I don't have to make that choice. Right. And that should be perfectly okay for everybody. But by forcing it to try and live up to what it is year after year after year, we we ratchet up the pressure at a time when that's exactly what we don't need. But these guys and these companies so far seem unwilling to do that. Yeah. Go, go, just going back to the original topic of training camp starting in two weeks. I just think that it doesn't, it, it makes much more sense to push it back than it does to push forward and have it rather than, rather than just say, everything's fine. Let's just go. And then if it goes wrong, you really only have one shot to start because once you start, you can't, you can't put that cat back in the bag. Like once you have once you have started and brought everybody to the facility, and then uh, and then a million people test positive and they catch it at the facility, and then they can't they can't go anymore. You you can't do that. So either push it back for a month, try to figure it out more, or or let it go, or just roll your dice, maybe. And to me, it's like if we said, okay, we're gonna, these are going to be slightly bigger gatherings. This is a step that we're consciously taking. Like, is that not a reasonable step? Could that not be a reasonable step towards reopening potentially? I, I mean, I don't know because like you said, Josh, we are not doctors here. But I think there's a way to do this stuff right. And, but too often, it's just the, the idea that the business is the business and that's what we're going to focus on is making sure that that Whatever that widget that we make is, we keep making it the same way. And that is not the right solution now. I also don't feel like the NFL has done enough to answer questions. And caveat, maybe they have done this privately with teams and owners and, and coaches and trainers would be the most important people um, to answer questions about what, ha like what happens. I feel like I saw, I saw the, the chart of how they're going to get tested and, and some regulations on how they need to set up the locker room. But like, there are a million questions that need to be answered before, um, before a training camp, before the season starts, certainly, but before training camp starts. And I don't feel like I've seen any of those answers. And from what you're hearing from the players on social media, it doesn't sound like they have heard them either. Trey Boston said, uh, can we really start? I think was the, was his specific quote. Like that's not good news. That's not a, that's not a good quote to read from an NFL player right after he gets off the NFL PA with the call with the NFL PA is saying, can we really start? And, uh, and Jermaine, how can we start? That's what his quote, that's what his quote was. How can we start? And Jermaine Carter is saying stuff like save your money. 
like those are not good signs for everything being hunky dory and us live streaming Teddy B's first throws uh, 20 days from today. Or RG3, did you see his tweet? Yeah. And there will be no, be no preseason? Yeah. And it's like, and they're still pretending like there's going to be, where it's just like, and, and you know, the teams are now starting to announce the, um, that they're going to have limited capacity in their stadiums, which is the right, like, at least they're doing something. They're pushing this forward. But these are all just dominoes that have to fall first. Hall of Fame game has to get canceled before two preseason games get canceled before the whole preseason game gets canceled. Right. Uh, you have to have limited capacity before you have no fans. So it's like they're, they're starting down this road. But yet the NFL as a league, it doesn't they're, – they're almost like leaving it to, you know, some of these reporters to report things that it's like you should just put these – like send out – put the 160-page memo on the website so that everybody can read it. But okay. then you're accountable for it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And then you're accountable for it. Because right. you put 160 pages out there, there's going to be a whole lot of screenshotting going on. And right. people love keeping receipts. Unfortunately, this is where we're at. This is what's going on now, where it's like, just don't put anything down. Keep you know, just nudging forward. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be a Sunday, and they're going to play football. And that's the, 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 information from the, fl the information flow across the board here, uh, whether, whether you're a fan of whatever sport or just an American or a, a citizen of this world, the information flow in 2020 has not been good. And it has not been good enough for our world. And this is just one little subset of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> That's it. Like, I, Look, here, here's what I, you know what I want to talk about about training camp right now. I wouldn't know how, what percentage of Panthers do people actually know right now? Like, who are the people on this team that you actually know? Like, you just – you start jotting down by memory a depth chart. You have way more wrong answers on there than you do right answers right now. You know, there's, like there's, – Especially if you think about guys you've actually seen play in a Panther uniform. In Spartanburg, when, like, people would be standing at the fence and players are walking down, it would be like, Teddy! Teddy! Number 62! 62! <laughs> Miller! Miller! Love six, two. Yeah. <laughs> care! Care! Like, that's, that's what's happening. They don't, they, yeah. There's like, there's, there's like six people. And that's the other thing, is that until all this stuff gets pushed, until, we, until you see them on the field, until you get to see them play, all this Cam stuff, all the Luke stuff, all the Greg stuff, all the hate for Teddy and all the hate for David Tepper and all the hate for Matt rule. It's just going to fester. And we're just going to talk about it on, on Twitter for so long because there's nothing else to talk about. Right. And it's just, I mean, Twitter made Teddy Bridgewater go private. Like that's ridiculous. Listen, I was, I was late to the party and I'm like, so did he get hacked or is he just sick of y'all? <laughs> well, is he back now? Cause I thought I went and checked him out and I was able to see his tweets. Oh, maybe he just blocked everybody. Is he? I thought he was back oh. now because I was trying to. He played us. He posted a song at like one in the morning. I may have been doing a late night uh, drive-through run at the time, and just oh boy, kind of flipping through Twitter, and so so I started listening to it because it was like an old school like Southern rap song, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, and then and then I hear see he's like been blocked, and I'm like, oh, 
Cause it was like one of those, like I'm on my mission. Like don't, don't, you know, shut me down. I'm getting mine right around the camp stuff. And I was like, of course people did. Like he, he can't just come out of a workout and be like, man, heard a good old song, tweet it out. Like, no, everything, everything absolutely has a subtext that any Twitter uh, follower wants to add to it. Well, let, let me ask you guys this. How is anybody else blocked by big Ben? I don't know. <laughs> FYI, I need to, uh, I need to, fulfill, I need to have to tell you guys. Teddy's back, baby. Public, open for bid. Good. <laughs> open. Bounce back performance from Teddy B. That's what I like to see out of my quarterback. By Big Ben. Nope. Uh, you are. Open, but I, don't I don't think Big Ben knows that the that the Colin CLT Twitter account exists to block it. I don't think, if we're being honest. I think he knew I existed. I'm like, what did I do to Big Ben? I don't know. follow him? I'm trying did you just to, get I, tagged? I told him. I'm trying to remember. Something happened, and someone, like, retweeted it, and someone in the comments was like, you know, none of us can see this. He has us all blocked. And I was like, let me go see if I'm blocked. And I was blocked. I'm not saying I get Kevin Durant being on social media, having a burner account, but man, it really is intriguing to just intentionally like misspell celebrities names by like one letter, just to see who does the vanity search, not just of their handle, but of their own name to come after people. Because there's a lot of people I've found out that are like that. Oh yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Big Ben unblocked me. Hey there you go. Look. Good things in 2020. Good things in 2020. Welcome back to the Big Ben Twitter experience. Now you get to read stuff like, it was on this day in 1933, Steelers history began. Great. Awesome. (laughs) So glad I got to see that. You should should just send them a wavy hand emoji. You're trying to get me blocked again, Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny because I never would have checked had I not seen the guy was like, oh, you know, none of us. I think it was to like Adam Schefter. He was like, oh, you know, none of us can see this. We're all blocked. And I was like, wait a minute. Why did I get blocked? It was at least like six or seven other people that I know that were also blocked that figured out they were blocked that day. And I'm like, what in the world did I do to Big Ben? He retweeted a painting of himself. So I'm out. Can I block him? Is that a thing I can do? (laughs) Can I block him? Can I get what is he doing in this painting of himself? Was this like a one of those like drink wine and learn to paint? Like no, unfortunately, just a regular, just just tossing tossing the old pigskin around. Oh, he's uh, not like riding a, a large majestic horse or something. No, no, yeah, just shirtless on a horse <laughs> with his gut hanging out. Well, I mean, I, I'm you know, I guess I've redeemed myself with Big Ben somehow, some way. He the 2020 he, miracle. He needs football to come back, though. I don't think he can – like, we were – I don't know about you guys, but I, I can say this. It's 2020. It's a new day. I was concerned, even though he's a dookie, I was concerned about Zion getting, getting, getting away. You know, too many, too many Sour Patch Kids during the time away. Oh, he came but back he, shredded. Yes. Oh, oh I'm so happy about that. I was so – because he felt like one of those guys that maybe could go away and just, you know, a little too much Xbox, a little too much – Doritos, but no, no, I'm, I'm glad he's not. Yeah, he's he not, he's not a new chuck. You mean like go straight, Calvin Benjamin? Oh, boy. There you go. By the way, still my greatest victory on this podcast was predicting that he would be out of the NFL, and guess who? Still correct. Still a thousand-yard receiver in the NFL. Probably the most successful receiver in Cam Newton's career. Keep underwriting Teddy Ginn. Hey, look, Teddy. Teddy gets no respect because oh, Teddy's fast. Like everyone's like, oh, no, Teddy's just fast. Teddy gets no respect. Oh yeah, sure. He is fast. He is fast. He's Nobody's real fast too. Like like the real fast. Up. Like the difference maker fast. I mean, honestly, their their offense fell off a cliff after they cut Ted Ginn. Like they're you can. 
there there is no there is no uh there is no way getting around that fact like and, they were, and, and he got scooped up by sean payton who's a guy that if, if sean payton scoops up one of your guys you go oh because you know that there's probably a little value there maybe not if he's a db yeah it doesn't go ahead sorry oh, i i didn't want to interrupt you i'm sorry i don't know i was just about to say so yell something about ted ginn so it's fine we could probably enough ted ginn talk <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the media looking at it from the media angle how is this going to change reporting as we know it um it's going to change it a ton a, uh, a whole lot uh the nfl put out this memo um last week while i was camping um and they said basically no in person it was for training camp but i'd imagine, i can't imagine them loosening these restrictions yeah and uh no in-person interviews no locker room access they said they were going to have a pool report pool of reporters um during uh panthers practice um or doing nfl practice that would then report on what they saw during practice but no more live tweeting during training camp basically these were the rules that when we would when i would attend when we would attend practice last year you could you could you couldn't say anything you can only say who was there and who wasn't. I mean, I'm sure y'all read the tweets, right? So it's like, if you saw them, it's like, here's who was there. Um, Bruce Irvin kicked a football funny. And then it's like, whatever you can fit into 140 characters. And you can't say anything about who's playing where, whatever. And I would imagine that's what they're going to do for this whole preseason. And I, in my mind, the, the coaches are probably super stoked about it. Yes, less people at practice, especially last season when someone um, leaked that cam video. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Well, it yeah. wasn't a media member. It was somebody that – Through I mean, the fence, was, right? Yeah, yeah through the fence. I remember that. But um, I'm interested in whether or not the press box will be open. And if it is, is it like one person every three seats? Because you know that we're very close together in mm-hmm. there. Like, I mean, like you can't – do that you'll hit someone else's computer oh yeah so i wonder how that's going to shout out to my my neighbor's game after game was uh antoine staley and um jonathan jones until he took on that he was when he was coming to games and then for a while he wasn't coming to games there'd be an empty seat next to me which was freaking great um and then uh and then they stuck some other (laughs) then they stuck tiffany next to me love you jj but you know what's better than that you not being around there were definitely times (laughs) when i would text him and be like Thanks for going to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, because like you get that one person not sitting on the side of you, and it's like, hey, you're like you're stretching out and stuff. Oh, that's great. I had this woman, and she didn't come a lot, but when she did, the one next to me, when she did come, she would um she didn't have a laptop. She would just have her cell phone, and she'd go get like a little thing of popcorn, and by halftime, she's out. Wow, that sounds like <laughs> the best job in the world. She would be, I'm like, so are you just going to remember all of this stuff? Like she wasn't, <laughs> I think she wasn't taking any notes or anything. She's like, okay, here for the popcorn. I'm out. Uh, Kyle Allen under through Curtis Samuel and I end of notes. <laughs> look, that was it for me. looks like this is going to be X, Y, Z, the score. I mean, I don't know what she was doing. Yeah. But she was like chilling and eating popcorn and then she would, she would just be gone. Okay. I mean, popcorn's good. No argument here. I, I think that I know. So like the press box to me is like, it's nice to be able to watch the, see the field. I don't feel like I'm going to miss that as much. The only thing that you're going to miss from there is that obviously you get a view of like, you could see things that aren't on TV, obviously. Right, right. So it's like when things are happening on the sidelines, 
uh, training table, you know, interaction between players away from what the close-up is on the ball. You can kind of get an overview of things. It's almost like having like an all 22 while you're watching. But the, the lack of locker room access is going to, in my opinion, is going to change the way that sports reporting is done and the way that fans interact with their favorite teams uh, on a huge basis because yeah. all of these stories that have these details and these inside scoops and these, these, uh, you know, the, these kind of these little hidden gems that, that teach you about not only okay. the players that are on the team, but what's happening behind the scenes. Those are pretty much gone. Yeah. Because yeah. Sheena, you know, you have to set, you get, you get in the locker room and you talk to the, you live for these two or three minutes when you get a little bit of alone time and you can kind of sidle up to Curtis Samuel or, you know, K1 short and say, Hey, like what happened on this play? Or like, can you tell me a little bit about like what, what's going on with the defensive line? Like you guys stink and like they, they can talk, they'll talk, they feel a little bit more comfortable talking to you one-on-one. And now, you know, without, yeah, without being able to text them, you know, DM them, do that kind of stuff. The, the, the reporters that are able to, to jump outside the box and communicate in, in other ways are going to be that much more successful in my mind, because um, you just don't get that access to them in a lot. And, and to be honest, they're probably not going to tell you, they're not going to text you back. Like if, yeah. if uh, you know, if Dante Jackson has a bad game, he's not talking to anybody after the game. Right. He's not going on Zoom with you. Yeah. Like he's not, but if he's at his locker, it's a lot harder for him to say, for you to go up and say, hey, Dante, do you have a minute to talk? And he's like, no, I don't want to talk. That comes, it's hard to be rude in real life. It's not hard to just not return a text. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Not only that, you know, with so many new players, like, we don't get to build that rapport. You know, with everybody else, like some of the guys last year, you know, you're three, four seasons in, you know, you have this relationship, this working relationship where they mm -hmm. may tell you a little bit more than they would if they were at the podium in the press conference room. So those little interactions that you were saying, you know, um, become that much more difficult because there's almost a whole new team. So yeah. we don't we, we can't gauge their personalities. We can't get the little anecdotes of how, you know, they did this when they were younger and this is how it translates to football. Just, you know, those off field um, instances and like I said, the little anecdotes that help you to know those players better as people and it allows you to be a more thorough reporter. So that's going to definitely be a challenge. I do see that there's two separate issues here that I think, Josh, we conflate just a little bit. Like, for instance, the Panthers not having the practice bubble. If other teams have the practice bubble, like, that's kind of a gray area where it's like, well, they can't see it here, but you can see it here. So, do you, you know, should you edit yourself? And as long as they get the new practice facility and they come out with rules that, that are the same and across the board, then I think that that's ultimately good. And it, it, I think it's better that that gray area no longer exists. But I think both of you were touching which, on a very- we're Sorry, sorry, sorry. But just to, not to cut you off, but which gray yeah. area are you talking about? Are you talking about like reporting what's happening at practice or during training? Right. Like if you're sitting there, like if, if, if there was a bubble and you couldn't see what was going on in the bubble, you obviously wouldn't be able to report on it. But because of the lack of the bubble- you can report on it, but gotcha. that's not the same for every NFL team. So I can understand mm -hmm. a team that's getting their stuff leaked, being a little bit sour about it when they go, well, if we had a bubble, they wouldn't even be able to see that Cam Newton can't throw today or whatever it is. So I think that issue is, is one, but it's not the bigger issue that, that deserves to be 
to, to be addressed here, and both of you touched on it, is that the, the players are going to be the ones that are hurt in this. And unfortunately, because they're young, um, a lot of these players aren't going to appreciate the role that the media actually plays for them. To give them to be the one that has seen their humanity, who sat there and interviewed with them and shaken their hand and talked to them about their kids, and and had those moments of of just being two people at work, and they're not going to have that. And just like you said, so then they don't have that connection. And then you text them and say, "Hey, you want to talk about your bad game?" No. no. I don't. So now you've got that disconnect and people don't, you know, in this day and age where people think they can craft their own brand and they can create their own reality. Well, that only goes to a certain point. And, and beyond that, you need other people to help you and be a part of your network and tell your story as well. The, the, this, the, the teams and us, and we'll talk about this team here locally, the content that's being produced by the official uh, brand is not good enough. It's not up to my standard. I'll tell you that right now. It's not up to snuff to me as a Panther fan that has been around since the beginning. It's got nothing for me. It's a bunch of chaff and not much wheat because they don't take it that seriously. And I'm not saying, look, it's football. I can say it's football and we can, we can walk away from it in terms of COVID. But if this is what you do, then you need to tell the stories of your players. And the, and the teams aren't doing a good enough job and they've never done a good enough job. They're not interested because they're interested in telling their own story about what they see of their brand. And so what's gonna happen is the, the players are gonna be the ones that all of a sudden don't have, don't have any uh, allies. And they're gonna be the ones that just easy to kick, kick down the road. And just keep moving and find some guys that fit in and just keep on going. And that's, and then, and that's the, the reality is that the players, the people involved in this that come into the system for a short period of time, not a long period of time, are the ones that need the media voice to be as strong as possible. But because of this, they don't think that they need you, they, won't, they will not answer that text. And that's what concerns me. Yeah, with, without, the, without, the, without the access to the players, aside from what the team provides – Mm-hmm. I, I think the other big loser in this is the fans because ultimately you are now rather than getting a, 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 a you know I'll just rather than getting like a, a an in-depth feature from Sheena and um, and a look at a specific player from me and Joe Person going in like super in-depth on one per on one play and uh and panthers.com you know breaking down the the stats and the record of this particular and talking to every player involved when cmc has a big game the guy that you're going that the entire media is going to talk to if the season exists obvious caveat is going to be christian mccaffrey but what i would much rather talk to is talk to the five guys in front of him that blocked for him and say, okay, so you let's talk to every offensive lineman and say, what is it? What is it like to be blocking for this guy? And how much pride do you feel when he has 250 yards rushing? But you don't get that opportunity if you don't have the access to go to the locker room and talk to these guys. So then all you end up with is the same nine-minute Zoom press conference that everybody had with Christian McCaffrey, who is a great guy to talk to. But right. that's the only thing you're going to get the exact same story from every single reporter. Right, that was in that call. Yeah. yeah, and and you're just going to be missing out. And, and and it's just going to it's going to suck like that. That sucks. That's not the whole reason we started the riot report was to tell other stories and to drive everyone else to try and be better and tell more stories right. rather than just tell the same stories. And the, that we can't do that 
it just sucks. And I, I get it. It's not the worst thing in the world. And I'm certainly not complaining about our jobs, but it's like, no, it's, it's, it's bad. I think it's bad for the leagues. I think it's bad for mm-hmm. the sport. I think the most immediate people it affects will be the, the individual athletes that at some point need to get something out that at a time when maybe they don't have people aren't rushing to their aid because that's often when we need some help. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, like for me, I'm a guy that has always said, I want to, I want to stay back. I want to be the observer from a distance because I don't want to get too close because I know, and I don't necessarily think that was the right approach, but I have a perspective, Josh, you have a perspective and Sheena has perspective. Even if you're both in the locker room, you're standing in different places, but if you're on a zoom call, you all have the exact same perspective and and what you what everyone is bringing to the picture here is lost and the fact that the NFL thinks that this is and and it's one thing to say hey this is a pandemic measure Uh, okay but the, the fact that the NFL thinks this is a good idea to eliminate the storytellers that's that's that that's not good for your sport it's not good for your sport and I I got news for you um I wouldn't be surprised if we're not going back in the locker room ever because it, I, I read a, Brian Curtis had a w- fantastic article about this on the ringer or a column or whatever you want to call it. It's a column. Um, it was a few months ago, but I would highly recommend you go and read it. It was about how basically once they, once, once a league takes away a small part of media access, it usually doesn't come back. And obviously this is a huge part of media access, but just like how, huge companies, Dell and Intel and whatever Facebook have figured out that you can work remotely. You don't have to come into the office. The NFL is probably going to figure out that they don't need to have the media in the locker room. And I mean, I think it's going to backfire. I think that they will, you know, like Colin said, I think that the absence of locker room presence, they're going to get some, some bad feedback when it comes to fans and things like that, because it's a huge part of, you know, following your team that you're no longer going to have. Like, you know, everyone knows that Luke Keekley likes to go fishing, you know, but at the, what? <laughs> right. Can you believe it? Yeah, everyone knows these things about, about the players. And it's not because this is what the team is putting out. It's because, you know, there's the Jordan Rodriguez. I miss her so much. There's mm-hmm. the Jordans, there's the Josh's there's, you know, the um, Joe Persons, you know, there's the Vashti Hurst, there's all these different people that are getting different, pulling different parts of their personalities from these different players. Like, I have a special relationship with Chris Manhurst. I call him Martinez and Dwight Howard. Like, we have our little anecdotes and our jokes about him getting sued about because of a tweet, but that's something that I would write a story about that somebody wouldn't necessarily have that background information on, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get from a Zoom call. Josh is so jealous right now. You have no Josh idea. Is, Josh is dying inside right now. Sheena knows I'm part of the man hurts hive. We're we're all over there. Listen, talking about he's he's hilarious. I've been calling him Dwight Howard since I met him. Yeah, but um, you know, just these different things, or you know, DJ Moore. You're now a dad. How has that been? You know, mm-hmm. being the new dad during COVID. Like these are these stories that are not going to be told unless, by some stroke of the of imagination every single Carolina Panthers writer is going to get every single story that the fans want to, to hear and to know. And that's just a, that's an insurmountable task. And, and also I think it's just, just to kind of piggyback on that, that man hurt situation is that you have a relationship with Chris. I, I do too. And it's like when he is the recipient of the fourth and one 55 yard touchdown pass from, from Christian McCaffrey, you have all of this background that, right. you can, that you can lead up to this entire, his entire career. I mean, this uh, obviously 
is a guy that had never played football before and now is like being called the wrong name on Monday Night Football. Like it's all of this, all of these little moments that you say, like Christian McCaffrey lost the FedEx Ground Award once when he was a rookie and I was talking to him about it and he was like, yeah, it's like I come in second all the time at all this stuff. At, at like at Heisman, at this FedEx, 250 yards, I've come in second at FedEx, Aaron Ground, whatever. And it's like, and then it's like, when he does win, you want to, like, you can go back and you know that all this stuff has been kind of building in him for so long because that is, you know, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that you get in the locker room access that I don't think that, I think a lot of fans are like, the media sucks anyway, don't let him in there. Right. This is where right. eventually going to miss, be missed out on. For sure. We can't do a show and not talk about Cam, right? For at least a second. At least a second. Until he retires, at least, if we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> we'll do a week he, by week. Right. Yeah. Like, this it's is, the, we're only going to be able to scroll that. It's been so many days since an accident bored over, you know, <laughs> before we're going to go back. Like, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with, uh, look, there, I'm going to have my eye on him. Everybody's going to have their eye on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. It's gonna make, and you know what? If we do get to play football and everybody gets to be healthy and everything gets to be the same again and people get to talk about their stupid fantasy football instead of real football, that that, that he's going to be a great storyline just as he always is. And, and you know what? Let me just say, has any player improved more during a pandemic than Cam Newton did? I mean, his ability to improve his on-field performance during a pandemic and the off-season whilst claiming additional children that nobody knew he had or was taking control of, that's phenomenal stuff. He said additional children. <laughs> that's the most incredible thing he did this entire off-season was say, you know what, I'm a pro athlete, and I, look, I'm going to take care of all the children in my, in my life even if they're not mine. That's not something a lot of people say publicly. And he did like that to me is the, is the, like one of the coolest things that he did instead of coming out of a culture where how many guys have been blamed for being, um, you know, absentee fathers. He's, he's going completely the other way, but nobody wants to talk about that, but we sure can't talk about him going to new England and him getting better at the game of football. Woohoo! It's wonderful. Ah, <sighs> Don't you miss Cam talk? This is why we have to talk about Cam every episode. <laughs> He's this damn good. It is funny to me that you see, uh, like, uh, everybody talks about this, but, like, the fact that then either the national media or the Boston media have realized that Cam puts his workouts on Instagram. So they're like, look at how much he's working out. Oh, my God. And it's like, guys, I want to check the history. Maybe scroll. Maybe just hit your fingers down. Walk your little fingers down to 2018 because he does it every offseason. And it's great. I loved watching him. Um, and I still do. It's fun. It makes me want to go out and work out, you know? It makes you want to run through a doggone wall. Yep. Like listening to his – watching his workout videos, I'm like, man, let me put this fried Oreo down. No <laughs> one no one would walk into that gym and be like, man, I'm just not feeling the energy in here from Cam. You know, like, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to bang out this solid 20 on, on setting three on the treadmill, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's interesting how that narrative changed nationwide. Like, you know, suddenly everybody's like, wow, he is philanthropic. He does this and he does that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's getting his flowers. He's just not getting them while he was wearing a Carolina Panthers uniform. You know, he's been feeding people on Thanksgiving. And I want to say I heard your voice, Josh. On his farewell video, you were talking oh, about the 
I definitely think it was your voice talking about how many families he fed for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, what he does when he does Santa Cam at Christmas time and, you know, beyond that, and I don't know why people don't talk about this more, but it's seven on seven league in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He being a, a parent of very, very active boys. I mean, we are literally always in season, whether it's track, you know, whether it's football, baseball, whatever. And it's expensive. Everyone in the in the um, C1N 707 league, all their expenses are paid, their travel expenses, all of that stuff. And I think that's huge. He's even had, you know, 707 alums playing in the NFL now today. So I think that's a, a, a part that doesn't get touched on quite as much. And it's so weird to me to hear the national media refer to him as a me first guy or a selfish guy. And it's like, that's, yeah. Like, how do you do that? You know, just, oh, he, look, he's growing his hair long. I can't believe that. He won't even cut his hair for the good of the team. (laughs) Or look at him wearing that scarf. Who does he think he is? And I'm like, I've just never seen someone bash so badly. And he really doesn't hit back at media often. Mm Mm-mm. He really doesn't. So in that video where he was saying, you know, he's done being humble, you know, of course I posted, I'm getting all these people in the comments, when has he ever been humble? He gets I feel like he's always trashed. been humble. Yeah, he gets trashed in the media and you have to be humble to be able to not hit back at that. Look at how everybody got under Ted, Teddy Bridgewater's skin. We, you know? we, watched, so, we had to watch him grow. I mean, we watched him have, you know, you mentioned Jordan. We watched him have, you know, awkward exchanges with Jordan and local media members. We we watched him lose, you know, Dan. And, like, he is an advertiser. We watched him grow up and mature and make missteps and make good steps. And, and at the end of the day, you look at his time here and you go, that was really good time. Was there some, was there some stuff in there we did where we weren't crazy about? Yeah. Yep, but guess what? That's all of us. That's all of us. And there's no doubt that he was a force for, for good in, his, in this community. And, and especially because the, the, the mobility within or the perceived mobility within, uh, within the black community, that to be for him to take on camps and things like this, because a lot of this stuff, a lot of these opportunities are rising up here in America where you don't have everybody getting the opportunity that you do have people that are of different strata having different opportunities and not everybody can afford to go to all the AAU camps and just because some can doesn't mean that everybody is and he's the guy that has continued to reach out in the community here between here and Atlanta and you know it's I laugh, you know, I joke about him getting his credit by going to New England. It's shameful the way that they act towards the, towards their athletes at this point. Um, but I'm glad to see that finally he is getting respected for what he brought to the football field, which was a dominant force on offense, the likes of which we haven't seen. And people get giddy because they saw Derrick Henry, which was like a 40% version of, of Cam Newton last year so uh I'm, I'm excited for him i hope he gets i hope he gets everything um you know that's coming to him in terms of playing with bill belichick and i'm i'm curious to see what they're going to do because one thing we know is that bill belichick don't give a damn about any of our opinions and he's going to do what he thinks to, can win football games and if you're running behind cam newton as part of that plan you're going to win some football games yeah i think i mean we talk about next season if or this season if there's a season caveat I think that you're uh, – I'm just going to say it every single time. <laughs> you're just having to scroll okay. like a beep, 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 beep. <laughs> every word, caveat. Can I, can I just say the word caveat instead of actually saying if there's a season? It's so, just asterisk. Uh, so, like, for this season, caveat, I think that it is not – I think that Cam is going to be great 
the, the issue for me, and I think for the Panthers, was always the long-term health of his shoulder. And so for a one-year deal, sure, he could be absolutely fantastic and that shoulder may not wear down. I think there's also the chance that it wears down over the course of one season too. So everybody seems to think that it's like one hit away. I don't think that's really the case. I mean, maybe, it, obviously, everything is one hit away, right? Like you yeah. take a yeah. helmet to the fibula and that's one hit away. But um, I think that it's, to me, it's like the continued motion of it because ultimately, like, it's a, it's, it's got, he's got an arthritic shoulder. It's there in the, it's, it's Dr. James Andrews said it in the video that Cam Newton put out himself. So uh, it's just a matter of time before that thing falls apart. But it doesn't mean that he can't be absolutely fantastic in 2020. It also doesn't mean that he can't be a different kind of quarterback that's very, very good. Um, but, We'll see. And I, and I absolutely hope that he is fantastic up there. Caveat. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, um, you know, with the world on fire and Josh keeps saying the word caveat, let's uh, go around the horn real quick. I want to hear one good thing that you've been able to do during this quarantine. Colin, you probably have a pretty easy answer. Um, well, the, the biggest thing I think is, is I feel like I'm making an effort to truly try and instead of treat everybody the same, which is what I would do. I was like, I greet everyone the same. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning, sir. I try and be that guy. But rather than that, I've, I've decided that I need to treat everyone as individuals instead of trying to treat everyone equal. And I feel like this is, it's bearing fruit in my life. I was going to say that you had produced another human, so I don't want to. Oh, not that kind of fruit. You, no, no, not that yeah, kind of fruit. Just, I don't want to put you on blast, just, but that no. seems like a good thing that you've been able to do. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. Um, he's good. Well, you know, because anytime a good poop means a good day, then you're living the high life. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I put that on a freaking pillow. Right? Like, a good a day of a good poop is a good day. I wish we had a wish we had titles for episodes because that would be it. <laughs> a little long, but you know, probably would just probably be caveat. It's the, real, it's the reality of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Give me something good, Sheena. Um, I've tapped into my culinary skills quite a bit. Ooh. During during this um, quarantine, I'm trying dishes that I never would have tried to to make before. You know, my kids are absolutely loving it. Instagram is loving it when I decide to post pictures of the food. I can't show them the process until I see what the food actually looks like and mm-hmm. whether it's going to be successful. And I'm like, look, if it doesn't turn out right, I'm not posting this. Is but this I- a nutritional change? Like um, you're trying to cook healthier or just, just trying to cook? Because I, I got to more. that point of the pandemic too where I was you know, deciding I was going to be a chef. Well, we've always been dairy-free, so, but it's not like you know, no diets or anything like that. Just trying different foods you know, to keep the kids excited and to keep me excited about cooking. I got tired of cooking the same stuff. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I've been frying Oreos, which are not, <laughs> I'm pretty sure are not recommended. You but know what is recommended? Don't, Smucker's Hot Fudge. Josh, why the face? That sounds awesome. That's a, that's a good face. It's amazing. And it's super easy. You just, you know, coat it in any type of pancake batter and deep fry them. And they're amazing. So they're a little too easy. So we're going to put that out there. They're a little too easy. So it's very tempting to make them all the time. But I've been yeah. making like homemade apple turnovers. Uh, <laughs> I made cheesesteak oh. egg rolls. Good Lord. You've been making good stuff. I'm like, I made Caesar salad and uh, 
I made and last night last night for yesterday's Taco Tuesday, I made um crawfish nachos. So yeah, I've just been trying all types Jesus of stuff. Rice. See, I, I think Sheena may be the only one that can appreciate this. I'm worried about my my oldest son becoming the, the chicken nugget kid. And I, I don't want my kid to be the chicken nugget kid that's like screaming at every restaurant that he only eats you chicken want nuggets. Chicken nuggets and chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> so we we'll have to have to do something. I have to intervene somehow. Will he eat tenders and fingers or just nuggets? Uh, some good old tendies. Oh yeah. No, no. Okay, Anything right. he can dip. Anything gotcha. he can dip. All right. Well, I wasn't sure if it was like fried a- chicken is basically the order though. Oh, and chicken. I made. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ruth's Chris stuffed chicken. I made that, and I was like, sounds Ooh. great. <laughs> Okay, okay. But, you know, Aiden, more with your time. Aiden and I started a garden, too, so we're doing that, too. Y'all are doing a lot of stuff. Um, I feel like I discovered the, the beauty of sparkling water, fizzy water. I think I was a little bit late on that train. Was that was the bubbly? Regular. Yeah, I was just drinking regular, but now I'm drinking. The, I'm on this bubbly train, me and Norv Turner. Some lacrox <laughs> that we're drinking, too, at the house. Um, been doing a lot of running during the quarantine. Is that good? I don't know if that's good. But it's, uh, yeah. I could just live vicariously through you because I'm not running anywhere unless I'm being chased. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Then it, it has to be something really big chasing me for me to, like, run. I might scoot a little. <laughs> <laughs> I, give you, I can give you a good old hustle in, in the parking lot, but that's about all I got. Like a pretend to run because the light just turned green and you're in the crosswalk. Like, no, 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 I got it, man. I feel like I'm a little, a little I'm I, I, listen, I did that one day leaving Panther's Lair and I had heels on. I saw my life flash before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I hope I don't have any Twitter followers out here in these lights. <laughs> oh, I got I got startled. Somebody dropped something at the store, like right behind me, and like and I did the whole jump thing and I was like, Oh, someone was definitely recording that. <laughs> I, I don't know when it's gonna come up, but that's definitely coming up. But probably traveling the interwebs as we speak. It just mm-hmm. hasn't been back to you yet. The security guy definitely flagged it. It's on some subreddit. Slowly getting RT'd. <laughs> that's funny. Um, what about you, Nikki? Oh, yeah. Would, what good have you been up to? Well, I would say the biggest thing for me is, you know, with my normal job, I either have an event every single night that I throw or one I have to be at on top of, you know, working usually too many hours a week. And I thought I'd have a really hard time being the person that would have to stay at home. And I will tell you right now, I was made to stay at home. <laughs> I sit on this couch and watch Netflix all day and probably never get bored of it. And I, a lot of people have been shocked by that, including me, and I'm perfectly okay with it. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's amazing what happens when you just lower your frequency just a little bit, how you can just kind of feel at ease. <laughs> It's it's been great for my anxiety and my sanity. So, well, true. except for the fact that the world's on fire, but you know, yeah. Uh, I also I, this doesn't really count, but I think a lot of the Panthers players have been doing a ton of cool stuff. And like, shout out to the guys that have like really made an effort to be um, leaders in the community. I don't think we've actually recorded an episode since they've really like like Shaq and Trey and even like Andre Smith and Chris and um, Steve Weatherly there that are like that are trying to really make a difference um, in, in the community and, uh, and try to, you know, make things better, which I think is important to do, to use your, uh, use your, um, your, your platform to do it. Your powers for good platform, but I could use, <laughs> I could use the word 
caveat. That's right. And, and Chris did get married during the pandemic. So, see, there you go. Shout out to Chris Bannert. Congratulations. I got to be honest. With you. I feel like when the Panthers do come back, whenever that is, Josh, uh, caveat. That, I, I feel like we're, there's just going to be, it's like we're going to start dating again in this kind of weird way where it's like, so what have you been up to? What have you been watching on Netflix? How are things, you know, did the thing with your aunt get figured out? Like, let's talk again. Like I have, no, there is no relationship right now that like you have, they've been torn down all these decade long relationships. And now I'm like, is that, is that a player or is that a Panther employee? Because I don't recognize any of you right now. Mm-hmm. It's true. 62. Can I, can you sign my jersey? <laughs> what does that say? What's your name? Miller. <laughs> Bayless. Sheena, tell all the folks at home where they can find you on the interwebs if you want to be found. Well, if you want to see me talk about food and kids a lot and, you know, the occasional Panther stuff, <laughs> you can follow me at Sheena underscore Marie three on Twitter. And I just started a page for quick out the blocks, which is my own little blog. It's um, it's Twitter. It's underscore Q O T B underscore. Awesome. Josh Klein rules. Yeah. You can follow me on Josh Klein rules at uh, on Twitter. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he's sometimes there, sometimes he's not. Twitter.com slash Josh Klein rules. You're going to have me saying caveat the rest of the day, Josh. So that's thank right. You. And I will not caveat to that follow request. I will not be around this weekend. So uh, I'm trying to take weekends off from Twitter. Um, and that means only posting like two to three times a day and uh, usually about the Hornets. So. <laughs> Uh, Colin. Yeah, just another reminder that Josh is not a doctor, but he could be a lawyer if you believe him. <laughs> uh, Colin CLT on Twitter. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Nikki, where can and they find you on Twitter? Probably telling everyone to wear a mask and wash their hands. So uh, that's Nikki704. You did um, small business. Other? You did small business. We've done black owned business. Now you're on to masks. You, you continue to try and rally the, the people of the Charlotte area. I'm rallying the people every day. I, I gain a lot of followers and lose some along the way. So for the new ones, welcome. And the old ones, meh. Progress ain't huh. a straight line. Don't ever forget <laughs> that. Exactly. Any final closing thoughts before we leave? Caveat? Wear a mask. We want sports bet. Wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We Please. want a football season. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, it's going to be me and Josh playing Panthers on Madden. That's what you're going to get on Sundays. That's right. In other Nobody words, that. wear a mask. I'm not yeah. good. It's You don't want to watch. I'm not good. I'm not creative. I've got like four plays still. Distancing. That is a nice this one. has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Sheena Quick, your One Day Contract is up. Everyone else, wash those hands, stay safe, wear a mask, be nice to each other on Twitter. See you next time.